Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of the podcast. And uh, we are talking about something that is not a new concept in the church. It's not anything that's uh, been uh, profoundly new that has come along, but uh, we are talking about something that is very important within the church and very important overall, and that is social justice. Now, many of you may have heard of social justice, and many of you may know what's going on with social justice, and the social justice uh, has come into the church, and I'm going to just tell you exactly what I think, like I always do. This is my podcast, and I'm able to do that because I'm the one that has the microphone. So uh, I will tell you where I stand when it comes to social justice in the church, and we'll kind of flesh all of this out as we go along, but let me just say this that I don't think social justice should be in the church at all. So the biggest thing is, is recently it really picked up speed. Um, I I can't remember exactly how long ago it was, maybe two years ago. Um, There was a conference in Memphis, Tennessee, that really was centered around Martin Luther King Jr. It was the MLK 50 conference. And uh, many of you may know, have heard about this if you're in the church world, if you are have an online presence in social media and have paid attention to the last couple of uh, years for this. And it looks like it was on April 3rd and 4th back in 2018. So we're coming up on the second year anniversary of that conference. And what happened was, is it really started to spark uh, a, a, a conversation within the church because a lot of people were pushing back against having a conference really rallied and centered around Martin Luther King Jr. anyway. Now, some of the things about Martin Luther King Jr. is uh, that he was really the opposite of a believer in many different areas. Many people would say that he probably wasn't a believer. Some will say he was. Either way, Martin Luther King Jr. was a great man. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to say that he wasn't a great man and didn't do great things because he did. He did uh, great things. He did some awesome things for uh, civil rights. And the thing is, we should be having conferences centered around Jesus Christ. We should be having conferences centered around the Word of God. Instead, there were many high-profile pastors that came to Memphis this weekend, or actually I think it was during the week, either way. They came and they really just started promoting social justice from within the church. And one of the biggest things is that came out of that is it stemmed more racism, it seems like, than there was prior to coming into that conference. Because things were said like we need to make reparations for our um, African-American brothers and sisters. We need to apologize for the things that our ancestors did, our ancestors said, uh, the things that we really uh, that are living today have no control over. So we didn't have control over these things. Now, I, I will be the first to tell you that I did not own slaves. You did not own slaves. And I'm not a racist person. And the thing is, from this Martin Luther King 50 conference where you had evangelical leaders rallying around and then calling white people to action, calling white people to apologize to African Americans, to even pay, uh, pay money 
to African Americans because their people were once enslaved. Now, let me just lay my cards on the table here. Slavery, uh, it was wrong. It was they were treated cruelly, right? Some of them, some of the ones that were treated bad, some of the ones that were treated wrong, some of the ones that were treated sinfully. I mean, this was a sinful thing, and uh, I believe that. I, I don't think that uh, we should stay in, anywhere in thinking that this was a good thing. I mean, it, it, it seemed like it to many, and it may have been to some, but overall, I think that slavery should never have existed. Um, however, when you talk about being slave, enslaved to something, and then there were some, quote-unquote, slaves that actually were paid to do what they were doing. So, in, in other words, some of them had a job. Their, their job was to do whatever it is that they had to do around the home or wherever they were, and, and some didn't even want to leave when they were free. So some people had a great life during what we would call slavery. Some were treated sinfully, some were treated wrongly. Um, and I think holding anyone captive against their will at any time is is a sin, in my opinion. And uh, again, this is why I have the microphone. Uh, it's my opinion. You can differ, and that's okay. And I don't want to sound like a smart aleck there, but uh, I, just, uh, I just think that uh, slavery was wrong, the way it was handled, the way it went about, and from that stemmed racism. Now, I don't care who you are, which way you cut this thing, racism is wrong. But what happens from this Martin Luther King conference two years ago is it seemed to strike more racism and and stir up more racism in the church than it did to help with our past. Now, Here's a problem I have when it comes to the social justice warriors is the past is the past, and there are many pastors that are going to tell you that you need to take the past and you need to make the future right. You need to make today right. You need to forgive for what your ancestors done. You need to forgive what happened in the past to people that are living now in the future and in the present that had nothing to do with those things. You and I had nothing to do with those things that happened in the past. And neither does anybody here. Now, we may have family members that we can trace back that did maybe own slaves. We can have ancestors that we can trace back that may have been slaves. But here's the thing. Nothing we can do inside the church is going to change anything other than the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what I mean by that is we can stand out and we can and we can promote to end racism. We can say what, what happened in the past was bad, what happened in the past was wrong. We can say those things. We can promote change. We can promote uh, uh, laws that help people and do anything you want to do outside of the church, I'm good with. Go do that. But when you bring anything other than the gospel and the word of God inside of the church, then I have a big problem with that. I'm a little fired up today, if you can't tell. And it's because it's it's come to now our hometown where I live, where we have had a pastor that has many people attend their church. I'm not going to say the pastor's name. I'm not going to say the church. Some of our local guys that listen to this may under, may know who it is, and, and that's okay. I don't mind people knowing who it is if you know. Love this brother. think he's going to be in heaven one day. I think he is a, a firm believer in the faith, but I disagree with him on bringing social justice into the church because we stand as pastors and elders. We stand and preach Christ and Christ crucified. We preach the whole counsel of God. 
We don't bring in any social justice narratives from the outside world. We don't bring Enneagrams in from the outside world. That's another thing that I'm going to talk about at some point in these personality tests that we're bringing into the church and making it as if it's the gospel almost, and even running it uh, side by side in parallel with the gospel. There's nothing that can stand with the gospel. Everything that's done from the pulpit and in the church needs to be from a biblical standpoint. Now, there are pastors that will tell you that making amends and apologizing and for asking forgiveness for things that our ancestors did is biblical. But when I flip over to the New Testament, I see things like this. I see things that tell us, and like in Romans 5, chapter 12, therefore just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. Now, here's the thing. Racism is a sin. Anything that may have happened in the past is a sin, okay? Now, the Bible teaches that if we have sinned against someone or if someone has sinned against us, you go to that person and tell him his fault. Now, how can I go to a person that has been offended by something I didn't do? And listen, we can all agree to disagree on this, but at the end of the day, I, I, if I've sinned against a, a brother or sister of a different color than me, then I most absolutely should go to that person and say, hey, I have done this, I've said this, I've sinned against you, will you please forgive me? And the Bible says that all believers should forgive one another just as we've been forgiven. So if we have wronged someone, absolutely, we should go to that person and we should seek forgiveness. But here's the thing that I'm having trouble with is how can we go apologize and ask forgiveness for something that we had no part of? That seems to be the biggest question in my mind. And, and feel free to engage in, in dialogue with me through social media, Facebook, or email. I'd love to know kind of your thoughts of how we can do this. But listen, yes, I have no problem going to say to someone, what happened was wrong. I, I, I disagree with things that happened. I'm sorry it happened. But listen, I've, I had nothing to do with it. I have everything to do with my life now as a believer in Christ. I have everything to do with my life from the point I was saved until Jesus comes back or he takes me home. So if I've wronged somebody or if I have personally sinned against somebody, like I said, it is my job to go to that person and seek forgiveness. It's not going to be anybody else's job to atone for my sins, so to speak. And nobody can go uh, seek forgiveness on my behalf because it's not going to mean as much if somebody goes to you and, and says, hey, Stephen said he's sorry, he sinned against you, will you forgive him? See, that just doesn't hold as much weight as it does if I personally come to you and say, I'm sorry, I have wronged you, will you please forgive me? You see, there's a, a big difference there because it can come across as, yeah, you're just saying that. You, he doesn't really want to seek forgiveness. He's not really seeking forgiveness. He's not really seeking anything other than sending others, somebody else to try to square up a, a tough situation. My problem is, ultimately, yes, slavery, the way people were treated, sinful. Racism, absolutely a sin. I do not think that you can be a believer and be racist at the same time. 
I'm just going to lay that on the table for you to, to chew on. You cannot be racist and be a true believer at the same time because racism is a sin. The Bible teaches there is no Jew, Greek, slave, free, male, female. We are all one in Christ. Now, even if someone is not a Christian, if someone is not a believer, and we are, that still doesn't give us the right to sin against that person. Why? Because we should be preaching the gospel to that person in hopes of reconciliation to God through Jesus Christ. And it's only through Christ that anybody can be saved. So my question is, why bring anything other than the Word of God to the pulpit? Why do it? There's nothing else that we need to bring into the church other than the Bible. We need to bring men that have passionately read and studied the text, and they know what God is saying, or at least they have their best firm thought on what God is saying, because let's just face it, there's things in the scriptures that we truly and fully don't understand. We can just do our best as we let scripture interpret scripture. The scriptures are the only thing that we should bring into the pulpit. When we bring in social ideologies into the church, that's when we have failed, and I believe we have sinned against God. Now, if you've sinned against somebody, seek forgiveness. But I don't think there's any way that we can accurately and from the heart be able to seek forgiveness for something that we personally aren't responsible for. And I know that my parents aren't responsible for and their parents aren't responsible for. And I don't know how far I need to go back. I've never looked at my ancestry, but I'm willing to bet that none of my family has ever owned slaves. I can tell you this, that my family, my dad's side of the family, grew up picking their own cotton. And that's just the bottom line of it. So I, I can't see where we should be trying to make amends and even paying people for suffering and, and, and all these things when we just have to be worried about ourselves. The only remedy to racism is the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's so much that has happened since this Martin Luther King conference two years ago all across social media, all across the world, in churches, all across the world. It seems like social media has taken a step above the gospel. It's kind of t social media. Social justice has kind of taken its spot just above the gospel to where we need to focus on that more to get the gospel right. But I'm here to tell you today that we need to focus on the gospel to get social justice right. There will never be social justice apart from the gospel of Jesus Christ. The only remedy to a racist is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The only remedy to uh, sin is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's Christ himself. So there's nothing inside or outside of ourselves that we can do other than preach the Bible, preach the text. We need to preach the whole counsel of God and let God do a work in people's hearts. Now, there's been racism and arguments and backbiting and divisions caused as a result of social justice. We see people like uh, big name people and, 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 and one of the people I don't agree with, I don't agree with their stance, their methods, but Beth Moore is jumping on the, so she has jumped on the social justice train and it's taking the focus off of everything else. Then you have prominent pastors taking the focus off everything else and putting it on social issues, social justice, and to do so, we have to fix our eyes off of the cross and onto the social issues at hand. Now, I say Beth Moore and prominent pastors because we see people stepping up and endorsing this type of thing, 
and it causes other churches to jump on board. Kind of like I mentioned to you, um, the, the church in our local area that is has kind of gone at this social justice stuff. And I, I want to play a clip for you from their sermon a couple of weeks ago. And I want you to kind now, of let me just listen speak to, to this. A, a contemporary issue in the church today. And I'm going to talk to talk. all the white people in the room for a second. What I- Did you catch that? He's going to talk to all the white people in the room. I may have been talking. You didn't catch that. Just let me, let me back it up here. I've noticed is when the issue of like slavery. Now let me just speak to a, a contemporary issue in the church today. And I'm going to talk to all the white people in the room for white a second. White people. What I've noticed is when the issue of like slavery or segregation or race relations comes up in the church, white people get really tense. We get. I'm white. No, there's no doubt about it. I am white. But anytime slavery or anything that happened in the past comes up, I don't tense up. Why? Because I am a believer and I believe that Jesus has paid it all. So I don't tense up anymore. I've been saved by grace through faith. And my job is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's keep going. Really tense. Um, And a lot of that's because we say, well, all that's in the past. That's all in the past. I didn't have anything to do with slavery. I didn't have anything to do with segregation. Can't we just all put that to rest and move on? And all the white people get all tense about it. But biblically speaking, when we are a part of a group that has caused pain and suffering and sin, and slavery was sin, and segregation was sin, division and racism is the epitome of sin. It is the brokenness caused by our pride. I agree with that 100%. Slavery is sin, segregation is sin, but we still should not get tense. We should talk about it, absolutely. It's part of our history. We should see what depravity there was back then. We should see the depravity of the white people. Yes, absolutely. They did some horrible things. But that doesn't cause us to tense up and 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 just start being clammy and not want to talk about it because there's a solution to it to keep it from happening again and unfortunately, racism is still happening. And slavery is still happening, just on a different level. We have the sex slave trade. We have all sorts of types of slavery that we need to preach the gospel. We need to step up and disciple young men and women. We need to step up and be a voice for those that can't be, not seek forgiveness for something that happened a a long time ago. But let's step up and start taking control and and, and using what God has given us, and that's our voice, not to uh, be wishy-washy, but use our voice to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ boldly in hopes of seeing people saved. we put ourselves over other people and we push other people down. Wouldn't it be better if we followed a biblical example and we just voluntarily stood up and we said, I mourned and I fasted and I wept over the sins of my father. I do weep. I mourn slavery, segregation. I mourn the way people were treated. I mourn that. I hate that it happened. I hate that it happened. I do. So I agree with some of this stuff. And I prayed and I asked God, and I said, God, would you forgive me? Would you forgive my people? And would you, would you allow me, God, to make it right? Would you, would you move in me today? 
Now, isn't that a much better approach for the people that are in power to take? Because here's the model. The model corporately for the gospel is we are corporately responsible and corporate sin is a result of personal sin and it has become systemic. We are in broken structures in our world. And so we shouldn't shy away from the fact as white people in the church that in our history, there's some rough stuff. If you're a Southern Baptist, you, you, you should know that the Southern Baptist Convention, and they split off of another Baptist Convention, and they said, hey, we want to keep our slaves. And it wasn't until 1995 that the Southern Baptist Convention stood up and apologized for it. Rightfully it so. That long. That long. And today, today, we should be the first ones. We should be the first ones. If you're a white person in the room, we should be the first ones to not shy away from it, but we should step into the void and we should deal with the problem and we should say, hey, listen, we are the ones, our people, I am repentant, I apologize, and then we should be the ones that take action. That's just what happened. And our church hasn't done enough. Our churches haven't done enough. It's time for us to move forward. A church that preaches the whole counsel of God week in and week out, that teaches and preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's all we can do. That's enough. Jesus is enough. When we say that we haven't done enough for social justice inside the church, then we're saying that Jesus is not enough, that we got to step over a bloodstained cross to do something opposite of what he's called us to do, and that's to preach and proclaim the whole counsel of God, to make disciples. So we step out and we move and we uh, turn our backs on God's and say, you're not enough. So we're bringing this idol into the church called social justice, and we are going to apologize to everybody from the past to the present to the future of something that a group of people did way back before I was even born. I take issue with that folks. You may not. You may be on board with what this guy is saying. Some of it is, I, I, I agree too. And he also said, if you caught that in there, that corporate sins is, are a result of personal sins. Absolutely they are. Every week in our church, every single Sunday morning, we have a time of a prayer of confession because we have corporately sinned as the body of Christ all week long. And we have sinned, and yes, as a result of personal sin. So as we gather on Sunday morning, we confess that sin to God. We ask him to forgive us of that sin, to help us with that sin. And if we've wronged anyone during the week or during the even the morning before church, if we've wronged or we've hurt somebody or sinned against them, that we would make it right with that person. Again, that goes back to the New Testament idea and what we see here is if anyone has sinned against you or if you have sinned against someone or uh, you go to that person one-on-one if you have personally sinned against someone go to that person if someone has personally sinned against you go to that person i love all people and i know that sounds generic i know that sounds 
like everybody says that, but I genuinely do love all people. I don't care what color you are. I don't care uh, if you're a male or a female. I don't care if you have tattoos or if you don't have tattoos. I don't care if uh, you have the best clothes or don't have the best clothes. I don't care if you smell good or if you stink. I don't care what your hair looks like. I don't care what color your eyes are. I genuinely love all types of people because God has given his son to die for all types of people. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And the Bible teaches that God loves all people. He created all people in his image. And that's something that we have to understand. That's why when we understand that people of all backgrounds, races, sex, when we realize that they were created in the image of God, then we will understand that we can't have racism, that we can't have prejudices against certain people of different color or different backgrounds than us. You see, these things go much deeper than just race. We see uh, sinfulness happen when somebody doesn't drive the same kind of car we do. Maybe we drive a nice SUV, and this person here drives an old hatchback hoopty, right? We kind of look down. Society looks down on that person because they're not on their level, right? They're not as bougie, so to speak, as the words are now. I think I've used that right. I don't know, but they aren't as, as as high up in status. So we see it in more than just racism. We see it in all different types of prejudices in the church, outside the church, all across the world. And the only hope we have is Jesus Christ. The only restoration and reconciliation that beats anything is reconciliation to God through Jesus Christ alone. And then from that, we're able to teach and make disciples to other brothers and sisters that, and hopefully uh, grow in their faith. And while we're preaching the gospel, people will get saved. And then we can disciple those people. And if they're racist when they get saved, we'll see and work with them on why that's wrong. Any prejudices they have against other people, we'll show them and teach them through the scriptures why that's wrong. And if they sin against anybody, then they need to go to that person and ask for forgiveness. We will talk about that. We have to forget what lies behind. I love what Paul says in Philippians 3.13. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. What lies ahead is the proclamation of the gospel. Now, listen, we can gather together outside of the walls of the church. We're still going to be the church because the church is not the building. But if we wanted to get in the community and, and, and war against racism, we can do that. But as a believer, I'm still going to do that from a biblical worldview. I'm not going to do it from some fragmented, broken worldview. I'm going to come from the Bible. And if I go into link arms with brothers and sisters of color to end racism, well, I'm going to bring a Bible with me. I'm going to teach the Word of God. But the biggest point is, the biggest thing is, I'm going to stand locking arms with brothers and sisters of color because I understand that racism is wrong. I believe that things that happened in the past are wrong. I believe they're sinful. We've talked about that. But we have to make the future count. We have to make today count. We have to make the next 10 years count. What are we going to do from today? we got to forget, not necessarily forget, because I told you we can't forget. We need to talk about it. We need to understand that that's a part of history that God has redeemed, that God can continue to redeem. But God has also called us to teach and preach his word. So that's what we need to focus on the most because we can use the past to talk about our present 
and our future from a biblical point of view, not from a social justice point of view, not from a racism point of view, but what does the Bible say about who God is and who his people are? And we must desperately preach and proclaim his word. But more than that, too, well, not more than that, but what we need to do to go along with that is take the Bible seriously and make disciples. I can't tell you how much it pains me to hear somebody that professes to be a believer in Christ say racist things, to actually be a racist. I can't, I can't fathom that. I can't understand that. I don't, I don't know why people would claim to be a believer and then act racist and be racist because the Bible plainly teaches that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And anyone that is speaking in that way has been is full of evil and wickedness. We can't be believers and act like racist because that really means if we're true, if that's what's in our hearts, then we're probably racist acting like believers. So we got to stop acting like believers and we need to repent of our sin and trust Christ and become true believers so that we can put to death racism, so we can put to death prejudices, so we can put to death sin, so we can mortify the flesh, uh, uh, we, can, we can kill the flesh. We need, we need to kill sin. We need to get rid of sin. And I said mortify the flesh. We need to mutilate sin. We need to get it out of our lives. We need to be killing sin or it will be killing us. And we got to do that by teaching and proclaiming the word of God. Now, I love, I love, I love, I love my brothers and sisters in Christ. And we may agree to disagree on this topic, but I'm going to close this episode of the podcast today by simply saying this. We've got to close the doors on what comes into the pulpits. And what I mean by that is we've got to say no to everything that the media, that the world, that outside people would want us to bring into the church. We've got to say no to these things and yes to the Word of God. We've got to keep the Word of God central to our worship gatherings. We cannot keep bringing outside things into the church. That's why this year's Southern Baptist Convention is going to be a little fiery, I believe, is because last year we brought outside things into the church and called them analytical tools. I'm talking about intersectionality and, and uh, critical race theory. This is not the time and place to go into that right now, although it does uh, weigh in heavily. You can research critical race theory and intersectionality and what that really means. Uh, I may put up a link to that so you can read that through Facebook here after this episode post. But the churches, the Southern Baptist Convention has brought this into the convention, and now it's it's looking like a split, a major split is happening as we're using things from the outside to bring into the church when all we have is Scripture alone to be the foundation of the church. We don't need programs. We don't need ideologies from the outside world. We don't need things 
other than the word of God that is living, active, and sharper than any double-edged sword. We have to do better as preachers. Now, that, is, that means no disrespect at all to the brother that we just played. Um, I don't know if there was anything else left on there, but uh, he, he said that we need to ask forgiveness for what white people did in the past, and I disagree with that. We need to say what was done in the past is wrong. Let's remember what happened. Let's build off of it by preaching the gospel and let God continue to redeem it. Folks, I would love to hear your thoughts and comments on this. Um, be looking forward to a, an episode about the Southern Baptist Convention and the, and the shape it's in right now. I, d I just kind of briefly mentioned the critical race and intersectionality that's kind of overtaken uh, the Southern Baptist Convention, along with women preaching, women pastors, women elders. Those are some of the biggest things. So look forward to uh, an episode probably coming pretty soon as we near the, the 2020 Southern Baptist Conventioning happening in June. So we'll probably have some uh, an episode on the state of the SBC and, and what the future looks like for that. So it could be pretty fiery this year because we're trying to do away with things that are outside tools coming into the church. We need to make the main thing the main thing, and that is sola scriptura. That is scripture alone. Everything we do should be based off of and built upon the Word of God, which is the foundation. And Christ Jesus is the cornerstone. I'd love to know your thoughts on social justice, especially inside the church. Uh, you can leave a, a comment on the Facebook page. You can comment on the YouTube link. You can uh, hit, hit us up at doctrinematterspodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about it, and uh, tell me if I'm wrong. I'd love to know if I'm wrong. If I have erred, if I'm in sin in any way, I'd love to know so I can uh, seek forgiveness and uh, make it right. But until then, uh, I, I thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Appreciate the support. And until next time, have a great week, and God bless.